When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy draft day, Johnny Manziel. But the transfer portal has our undivided attention today. We love the NFL. We love the game of football. But we talk exclusively college football on this channel. And there is a lot of college football transfer portal talk to jump into. Colorado continues to clean house. And now looks like they're starting to add some new furniture, as Coach Prime said on the Pat McAfee Show. But there's a lot of other transfer portal headlines that we got to jump into. Tyler Buckner, is he going to Bama? Like, I think that's a very real question we have to ask right now. Is he potentially going to be the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide next year? Head spinning. Got to unpack it. Welcome into the Hard Count, the people's college football show for every single thing that you and I both know and love about this beautiful game. We talk ball here every single day, but we drop content every single day on this channel in short form. We're live twice a week as we are right now. Bear Alexander, you know, the guy who actually played for Georgia as a true freshman, Got a national championship ring to show for it. Got a sack in that title game as well. He's now taken his talents over to the West Coast to play for Lincoln Riley in USC. The number one defensive lineman in the transfer portal. We actually had him on the show. Talked about his decision to go to USC. How hard was it to leave Georgia? How much was NIL a factor? We asked him that. And Bear actually was kind enough to answer. We got a lot to jump into. I also want to talk about who Colorado could be going after. We talked about it before. They're cleaning house. What we predicted or assumed was going on at Colorado was, in fact, going on at Colorado. They were cutting players. Coach Prime said 1-11, not good enough. Got to get some new personnel. Going to bring in my own guys. And that interview on the Pat McAfee show was actually really interesting because everybody's kind of watching this Coach Prime scenario and saying, well, you're cleaning house, but you have to get personnel back into your program. You have a lot of positions now that need to be filled. Coach Prime said, just because y'all don't know who we got coming, doesn't mean that we don't know who we got coming. They might be at the airport right now. So Matt Zenitz has a phenomenal article on all3.com breaking down some of the top transfer portal targets for Colorado and Coach Prime. Got a couple of those guys I want to talk about with a little bit more depth. And then at the end of this thing, I want to talk about the wish list for your favorite football team right now. The portal, like I said, it's coming down to the home stretch. Only a few more days left. When we do Tuesday's show, we will be kind of packing up who's already jumped into the portal. Because by April 30th, your name better be in that thing or else you're stuck for the foreseeable future. So, with that being said, who should your team go and get? Just positions of need. Who should Auburn go and get? Who, what, what position should Florida fill? Should Miami fill? We got some thoughts on that. What does your team need? We'll break it all down. But let's start right here. The transfer portal is rounding into the home stretch. And I want to break down what we have going on right now. No better place to start than with Tyler Buckner. And this was something that we kind of saw coming to a degree because Sam Hartman essentially just dropped the mic in the spring game, went 13 for 16, accounted for three touchdowns, had a phenomenal day, looked like the guy, as we told you he would on this very show. So Tyler Buckner sees the writing on the wall and says, listen, I'm going to test my options in the portal. Coming back to Notre Dame after talking to Marcus Freeman is thankfully an option that I have. But this, this is where the story starts because Tyler Buckner jumped into the transfer portal and had what was apparently a do not contact label next to his name, meaning, listen, if I'm interested, I'll call you, but I don't want to hear from you. you. You don't reach out to me. I'll reach out to you. I'll have my people call your people is essentially what Tyler Buckner is saying. And then what felt like a few hours later, there's rumors circulating on the Twitterverse saying Tyler Buckner maybe going to visit Alabama, eventually did visit Alabama. And the common denominator there is Tommy Reese, was his offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, is currently the OC at Alabama. Tommy Reese named Tyler Buckner the starter before the Ohio State game a season ago. So there's some history there. The equivalent of what this is to me is you're telling everybody you're single, and you're saying nobody call me, and you're saying also I'm talking to my ex. What does that imply what, what are we supposed to believe when we see that with Tyler Buckner and Tommy Reese at Alabama? That is far and away the front runner. 
Auburn is also, it sounds like, being linked to Tyler Buckner at the time of us being live right now. No knowledge of him taking any visits or anything like that. He'd be a fit schematically at Auburn. The situation at Alabama, if he were to go there, should they take him, I think it would be a fascinating storyline, if nothing else. Because remember, that spring football game, we all watched it with our own eyes. And I came away probably more encouraged than the average bear. But still, there was nobody in that spring game that was able to just say, yep, that's our guy. That's the starting quarterback. That's going to get us back to a national championship kind of team. Is Tyler Buckner the guy? I got my own thoughts on that. But Tyler Buckner in the portal with a do not contact label has visited Alabama. The plot continues to thicken around Tyler Buckner. Now, make sure you're subscribed. We've got a lot of y'all tuned in right now. Make sure you're locked in. Subscribe to this very channel. We talk college football every single day. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at JDPakel. We appreciate y'all for that in advance. Now, here's another big-time player that jumped in the portal somewhat quietly. Prince Kali from Notre Dame. He's a linebacker. Was formerly a five-star caliber player. Now, he was recruited by Clark Lee to Notre Dame. Clark Lee, currently the head coach at Vanderbilt. I'm not calling my shot for Prince Kali to go to Vanderbilt, but... On paper, it makes sense. Clark Lee, his former defensive coordinator, recruited him to Notre Dame, now at an SEC school, another premier academic institution. I'll just say this, Prince Kali, the talent is there. And that's what I think is so fascinating about the transfer portal right now. You get these four and five star players that for one reason or another don't work out at a certain school. I don't think it's a knock on Notre Dame. I don't think it's a knock on Prince Kali. Sometimes it's just not a fit. It's just not a great marriage. But again, Prince Kali has all the ability, has five-star ability to where does a change of scenery allow a kid like that to just absolutely blow up? I think it's very possible. So Prince Kali, six foot one, 228 pounds, played for Notre Dame. It wasn't like he just sat the bench the entirety of his career there. He's going to go and help a certain program. I'll just say this. He has the opportunity to be an impact guy at wherever he ends up. He's got that kind of ability. He was a top four linebacker for us in the 2021 class. Ability is not the issue. I think fit is the issue for Prince Kali. Now, we got a commitment from the top interior offensive lineman in the transfer portal. That was Emmanuel Pregnant. We talked about him a lot on this show. He's headed to USC after visiting, it sounds like, this past weekend. And he's a guy that's going to make that offensive line better, obviously. He's a guy that has multiple years of eligibility, is already pretty developed from his time at Wyoming. Wyoming develops players really well. That's known across the personnel industry. The thing that I think is fascinating about Emmanuel Pregnon is the fact that he's going to be with USC when they get to the Big Ten. And I beat this drum a little bit yesterday on a one-off video on this channel, so go check that out when you get a chance. But USC heading to the Big Ten, it is a line of scrimmage league. It's not to say anything about the Pac-12. It's not to say anything about the ACC. I think the SEC is also a line of scrimmage league. But in the Big Ten, who won that conference the last two years? And what was their calling card? Michigan. Back-to-back Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, Michigan. So if you win the line of scrimmage in the Big Ten, that's gonna, I mean, that's going to give you a chance. You have to have that when you get to the Big Ten Conference. Caleb Williams will be gone. A lot of other key pieces from USC will be gone. Emmanuel Pregnon, I don't believe, will be gone by the time they get to the Big Ten. Also, they added Bear Alexander, who's about to join this show in just a matter of moments, so stay tuned. But USC, in my eyes, adding Emmanuel Pregnon, and adding Barry Alexander, they're building for the Big Ten arrival in 2024. Also, college football playoff experience in 2024 should be fun. Now, here's a guy that I think, we'll, we'll start here. He was second team all ACC in 2022, but he also makes my personal all name team, if we can even start that list right now. And that's Storm Duck. Now, Storm Duck, yes, that is his real name, transferred from North Carolina to Penn State in that first wave, and then after spring balls transferring from Penn State, now to Louisville. Storm Duck, a guy who, like I said, has a lot of ability. I think he fits really well into the modern college football scheme, if you will, from what you want at corner. Louisville already had a pretty solid pass defense a year ago, number 21 in the country in terms of yards allowed per a game, less than 200. So Storm Duck, a player with a lot of ability, familiar with the conference, big-time get for Louisville. Very big-time get for Louisville. And uh, a big-time get for Louisville on the eve of uh, Jack Harlow dropping his album out of nowhere. It's not related to college football, but I felt like it was important to include into this segment. Now, Colorado is in the process, as Deion Sanders puts it, 
putting in new furniture into this house. And it's funny that Coach Prime used the house metaphor because we used that same metaphor on our live show on Tuesday. So I'm left to believe nothing more than Coach Prime is a continual viewer of the hard count. So Coach Prime, we appreciate you for that. Added Derek McClendon, the number two edge defender available in the transfer portal from Florida State. Then he also added uh, a Brendan Gant, who has played some safety, played some linebacker for Florida State. And this, to me, is, is just the embodiment of Coach Prime's approach here. You and I both know he was going to do it. We didn't know who it would be, but we're starting to see more and more the plan that is taking shape at Colorado. They've done all of the purge. The roster purge has happened. They've gotten the guys out that they wanted to get out. Whether you agree with how they did it or not, it's happened now. So now they're going through the process of adding Power 5, FBS kind of guys like a Derek McClendon, like a Brendan Gant. And the thing I love about this is they're, they're adding to the defensive side. Like the playmakers, I don't think right now are a concern at Colorado on the outside. You got Jimmy Horn Jr., who I think could end up being the most impactful transfer for Colorado, just full transparency. Travis Hunter, going to play both ways for you. I think he could end up being your best receiver along with Jimmy Horn Jr., Shadur Sanders. Like the offensive skill players aren't a concern, but the reality is you and I both understand this. To win in modern college football, you have to have something in the trenches. So adding a guy like Derek McClendon on the edge and adding Brendan Gant to maybe help you at linebacker, maybe he's a run support kind of safety for you. Regardless, you got better on the defensive side than what you had. At the very least, you are upping the talent level on the defensive side of the ball. It's a very good sign for Colorado and a big-time get for, for Coach Promise. He continues to work his magic. So speaking of the transfer portal, we had the number one defensive lineman, Bear Alexander, join this show. Now, Bear left Georgia, and the news broke during Georgia's G-Day that he was going to jump in the portal, and it surprised a lot of people. So when Bear joined the show, we asked him, hey, man, why did you leave Georgia? How difficult was that? What was it about USC that made it the right fit? So this was a very insightful conversation with Bear Alexander. We appreciate his transparency. He also gave us his thoughts on NIL in terms of how much that played into his recruitment. But without further ado, here is the number one defensive lineman from the transfer portal, one of the newest members of the USC Trojans, Bear Alexander. And we're now joined by the number one defensive lineman in the transfer portal, who is now actually out of the transfer portal, headed to USC, Bear Alexander. Bear, what made USC the right fit for you? I mean, overall, for me, I mean, it's, it's upcoming. I mean, we're building from the ground up and, you know, last year they had a pretty good season, and Coach Newell and Lincoln, man, those are just two, two amazing guys. So it was a pretty good fit for me overall. And you had a lot of schools that were after you, obviously, with your immense talent. But you made the decision to go to USC relatively quickly. Was there any reason behind the short timeline to end up picking the Trojans? I mean, that was pretty much the next best fit for me. I mean, in high school, Coach Lincoln recruited me, and I loved OU at the time. And so it was pretty much a quick, quick deciding factor when it came to it. And the beautiful part about college football now is NIL is a reality. Like, finally, we're able to compensate college athletes accordingly. Obviously, in the recruiting world right now, that's a factor in every recruitment. How much of a role did that play for you in picking USC? I mean, not not pretty much a big role. Like, I'm not gonna say my family necessarily come for money, but we drove. I drove a we drove a Porsche before I drove a Porsche now, so it's not really a big role. But necessarily, I mean, it's about the program, the place, how the people. I mean, how they treat you, and those are pretty much big decide factors for me when it comes to look for a program. I love it, man. Drove a Porsche before. Got a Porsche now. That's a good way to live life, my man. Now, obviously, coming from Georgia, where y'all were able to win a national title this past season, and you were playing a part in that, had a sack in the national title game, how difficult was it and what went into that decision to end up leaving Georgia? I mean, it was hard. You know, those are my brothers. You know, Trey Scott, man, he developed me a ton just the time while being there. And you know, it, it was hard, pretty hard for me at that. You know, Michael Williams, that was one of my, my great my great bros. That's one of my bros. So coming in, we was roommates together, and, you know, we got to see the field together. So leaving, 
you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy decision, but man, it kind of, it played a big part. Well, I know the folks at USC are fired up to have you add to the trenches of what they're going to do this coming season. What were those conversations like and how do they see you fitting in that defense at USC? I mean, we, I spoke to Grinch before we left and we got to talk a little football. I mean, I feel like I fit great into the defense with Thule and how, how they was able to use him and just move him around anywhere from a zero through a five. I feel like it's going to be fun, man. I'm a big Buddha to get after it, especially just being in position to, like I say, align anywhere on the line. So I feel like I fit into this game perfectly. So, Barry, you have a quarterback who won a Heisman Trophy a season ago in Caleb Williams. Have you talked to him or any of your other future teammates yet since committing to USC? Yeah, I actually, um, I talked to him, Damani Jackson. You know, we we spent quite a few time at, at the UA camp together, me and Damani. And then just talking to Caleb throughout this process, you know, he been he been recruiting me heavy on this deal. And, you know, it's been fun, exciting, just learning his personality and getting to know him. So, Absolutely, man. You're going to cause some some havoc on the field having you, Damani Jackson, and then Caleb Williams on the other side. Man, I'm excited to see it. What is USC getting in a Bear Alexander? What kind of player are you bringing to USC? Man, you're getting a disruptive player. I mean, at times, at times I can, I can take over the game. So it's like you're getting a guy that's willing to come in, learn the scheme, work hard, and, you know, build and bring other guys along with me. Now, you obviously just won yourself a national title ring. USC making that climb, almost won a Pac-12 title a season ago, almost won a New Year's Six Bowl. What are your expectations for your new team as y'all get after it in 2023? Um, you know, just taking pride in, just taking pride in the work and just, just going out here every day and, you know what I'm saying, putting in, putting in a lot to get out of line. Without a doubt. No, couldn't have said it better myself, man. Well, Bear, we appreciate you making time with all the craziness of getting ready to move to Los Angeles. But, hey, we'll be living vicariously through you, through the sunshine and the palm trees. And once again, thanks for all your time. How about Bear Alexander wearing the Georgia sweatshirt? After already committing to USC, he's still in Athens right now. It's where he did the interview. We'll leave for USC, it sounds like, after he wraps up his last final. Couldn't have been easy. Leaving Georgia could not have been easy, but I think he's going to fit in really well at USC. I think he's going to wreck shop at USC, if we're being honest with it. So speaking about USC, they're going to play Colorado this coming season. And USC, from a personnel perspective, is just further along than Colorado. But Coach Prime, man, I'm telling you, he is going to work in that transfer portal. We've already seen it so far in terms of guys they have allowed out of Colorado slash maybe helped out of Colorado and the guys they've brought in with Travis Hunter, Cavassier Smoke, Shadour Sanders, Jimmy Horn Jr. Like we go down the list here of all the ballers they got at Colorado. But listen, Coach Prime, man, he's not done. You did the purge. Got a lot of guys out of Colorado. Now you make the move to go after the guys that you want. And he said on the Pat McAfee show, listen, we had to get the furniture out to go and get the new furniture that we want in this nice, beautiful house. Kind of funny to say, but I like the way he's going with it. I like what they're trying to do in terms of flipping the roster. 76% at this point in time will be new players on Colorado's roster. Meaning yesterday's Colorado, the 1-11 Colorado, it's hard to even look at those statistics they had from a season ago because the guys executing what they had on the field a season ago, for the majority, the large majority, are no longer in Boulder, Colorado. So with that now being the case, who else are they going to add? Because the transfer portal continues to churn. April 30th, the last day you can enter your name. You commit after that, but that's the last day to enter your name. There's a lot of names in the portal right now that Colorado is currently targeting. Now, Matt Zenitz does a phenomenal job for us here at On3. He's got an intel piece out right now about the players that Colorado is targeting in the transfer portal. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you go check that out on On3.com. Not going to want to miss it. But here is a sample of some of the players that he mentioned. This is not an all-inclusive list, so again, go read the article. It's got the whole list of players and the breakdown. He's already hit on one of them in terms of guys that have committed from that list to Colorado. But without further ado, let's kind of jump into this uh, 
these key players that I'm looking at right now when it comes to who Coach Prime could add. And the first guy that caught my eye when looking at Matt Zenitz's list was Savelle Smalls, the edge from Washington. Now, we've talked about Savelle on this program before when he jumped into the portal because just as I was saying with Prince Kali, Savelle Smalls, a five-star talent. He had his pick of the litter when it came to where he wanted to go out of high school. A guy from the state of Washington would make sense if he wanted to stay on the West Coast and be at Colorado. But the thing with him, same thing I said with Prince Colley, I think is 100% true with Savelle Smalls. Just because you haven't seen it yet from him, just because he hasn't delivered on the five-star billing, doesn't mean it's not there. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of a new scenario, new scenery for a guy like him to be able to hit overdrive and be successful in a new situation. So I would keep an eye on Savelle Smalls. It sounds like they are very firmly in the mix for him. Now, what it would mean for Colorado to land a Savelle Smalls, same thing I was saying before with the other two players they just landed with McClendon and with Gant. Your, your talent level on the defensive side, one, just takes an enormous upgrade. The other piece of this, which is maybe more important, Colorado has the skilled players, but like I was saying, they need to build this thing wide. You got to have it in the trenches. You got to be able to compete week in and week out physically. That's how this team is eventually going to get to the kind of competitive they want to be. So adding a five-star talent in Savelle Smalls, just because you haven't seen it yet at Washington, does not mean it's not under the hood for him. So that would be a very big get for Colorado should they land a Savelle Smalls. Now, let's, let's stay on the line, line of scrimmage that is, but let's go to the offensive side. And one guy they're targeting right now is Cameron Johnson, interior offensive lineman, a guard from Houston. He was first team uh, all AC. AAC last season for Houston, and he is set to visit Colorado this coming weekend, I believe. He has already visited USC. So if you're one of those people that like to watch recruiting by nature of, hey, who else wants this kid? Who, who else are we recruiting against? And you kind of judge the value of a recruit based on that. Lincoln Riley wanted him. Okay, so USC was very much so in the mix, might still be in the mix. Not sure where they sit right now after adding Emmanuel Pregnon. But if you add a Cameron Johnson, you add, just like I was saying with Savelle Smalls, it has to start in the trenches. If you can at least be competitive on the line of scrimmage, I don't care who you have wide receiver, I don't care who you have at quarterback. You're never, you're never going to reach national competitive level if you're not able to start in the trenches and at least get the play started. College football has changed a lot over the years, and we've done a lot more things with getting the ball out in space and playing with tempo and being able to do more with less schematically. But listen, this game is still won by big, strong human beings. You don't believe me? Look at the college football playoff a season ago. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, and the TCU didn't have the big human beings when they met up with Georgia, and that was kind of what it was. So without getting too far down a rabbit hole, both Savelle Smalls and Cameron Johnson would be enormous additions to getting Colorado to a better physical level. So I like the move there by Coach Prime to target both of those guys. Before we move further here, make sure you're locked in and subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel. We love college football. You love college football. We talk about it here every single day. This is the People Show, so make sure you're locked in. Make sure you're following me as well on Twitter and on Instagram. This is a college football community, a show, yes, but a community. I want you all a part of it, and I want you all to reach out and, and make this your own show as we are trying to do that right now. So thank you for that. Now, another cat they're after right now, Alton McCaskill, a, a teammate of Cameron Johnson, running back at Houston. He was the AAC Rookie of the Year in 2021, ran for 16 touchdowns was dinged up a little bit last year, but I'm telling you, this dude can play. Right? I mean, you turn on the tape, it is very evident that Alton McCaskill is a guy that you want on your football team, does a lot for you out of the backfield, catching the football, very natural pass catcher, runs upright a little bit, but only because he's so fast, you're able to run upright when you can run away from people like that. Colorado's not in position to be shorthanded at the running back room. They've already got Cavassier Smoke, they've got Dylan Edwards, both those guys I expect to contribute but with how physical the game is and who they're going to be playing against, it is virtually impossible to go wire to wire with the same running back. If Colorado could be by committee and had fresh legs every single drive, that would be, I think, the world you'd want to live in. Helps Shador Sanders, helps the offensive line, allows you to be more flexible with the kind of game you're calling if you're the OC. Like, There's so much that rides on having the running back room correct. They've got some options, 
But if you could add an Alton McCaskill, that would be a very big deal for Coach Prime. And that would, I think, equip them to really get to where they want to go long term. Now, here's another guy that is very fascinating for the conversation around Colorado. And that's Jaquez Robinson, a corner from Alabama. I'll just stop right there. I have a rule of thumb when it comes to recruiting defensive backs, especially through the portal. Anybody that was good enough for Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, they're good enough for my football team. I don't care how much you played. I don't care what your production level was. And for the record, Jaquez Robinson, former four-star guy, did have snaps at Alabama. If you're good enough to play for Nick Saban, you're good enough for my football team. And I think that's the position that Colorado finds themselves in right now. Carmine McLean, I expect to contribute to some degree as a freshman. Travis Hunter, you expect to contribute as well. But he's playing both ways. Carmine McLean's only a freshman. You need to have answers in the secondary because you play against a lot of really freaking good quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Like, let's just be honest here. You're going to play Caleb Williams. You're going to play Bo Nix. You're going to play Cam Rising. You better have answers in the secondary. And for Coach Prime, man, for him being the best cornerback to ever exist, have to imagine his recruiting pitch is pretty competitive for someone like a Jaquez Robinson. He's already visited uh, visited last weekend, that is, to, to Boulder, Colorado. So keep an eye on that recruitment. I think he could be a guy that pops even after we get off the air here. He's a guy that I think you got to keep an eye on. And uh, like I said, you're good enough to play at Bama. You're good enough to play for me. I'll leave it at that. Now, speaking of Alabama, Tyler Buckner's recruitment has been the most fascinating case in the transfer portal. I believe this, this portal window at the very least, maybe this entire, this, this entire uh, portal cycle. We'll talk about that in a second here. Everyone listening on podcasts, we appreciate y'all. Y'all, if, if you're more of a podcast person, we love y'all. Make sure you're tuned in live, but also if you want to go and listen back or you want to tell your friends, you want to share the show, it's a great way to do it. Type in The Hard Count with Jody Pacquiao on Apple, on Spotify. We appreciate you for that. Again, if you're on podcast, you're, you're really about that life. So we appreciate you for that, like I was saying. But going back to the topic at hand, what is going on with Alabama and Tyler Buckner? Because Tyler Buckner saw the writing on the wall, understood, hey, Sam Hartman's going to be the guy at Notre Dame, talks to Coach Freeman, enters the transfer portal with a do not contact tag next to his name. The equivalent of what Tyler Buckner's doing right now is saying, listen, I'm single, but don't none of y'all call me. To take matters a step further, Tyler Buckner is talking to his ex, his ex being Tommy Reese, who was his offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, made him QB1 before the Ohio State game. So there's a lot of people now that are questioning like, hey, man, is Tyler Buckner going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama next year? Is that going to be a reality for us in Tuscaloosa? Here's what I would say to that. To my understanding, it is not 100% solidified that he has an offer to go play for Alabama. That's at the time of us being live right now on the air in April 27th. JD? And it's, yes, sir. Uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but Buckner committed to Alabama like two minutes ago. Buckner has committed to Alabama. I, I was going no to kidding. interrupt you. I um, love that. Yeah. Nick he, Bray he with the heavy lifting. Yeah. That so is phenomenal. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and change this title while we're on the air, and we're just going to keep <laughs> on going here. Yeah, well, this My uh, phone almost drops. Pivot. But yeah, well, how about Buckner, that? just a couple minutes ago, committed to well, Alabama. Well, there you go. So Tyler Buckner's committed to Alabama. And the entire segment, what I was going to say was, it's not even solidified he has an offer. Well, as it sounds, based on people I talked to last night, the whole conversation I was going to have with you was, Tyler Buckner, should he have an offer, he will commit to Alabama. Nick, do you mind making sure that that title says Tyler Buckner commits to Alabama instead of the Tyler Buckner to Alabama? Question mark. You're the man. You're the absolute man. I just change it. We'll see if it stays. Anyway, well, this is what this is what live YouTube is for you folks. We appreciate you rolling with it here. So listen, Tyler Buckner has committed to Alabama. Crazy conversation we're having right now, but that's the reality. The question was going into this whole situation with with Tyler Buckner was, does he, you know, does he have an offer? Is he going to be our starting quarterback? Turns out he does have an offer. And I was told if he were to have an offer, 100%, he's taken it. Okay, so Florida was in the mix, in my mind at least. I don't know if that ever was a reality. Auburn, based on the Twitterverse and different rumors and rumblings, was in the mix. But here's the thing. There is no better situation for a quarterback, if you're a transfer quarterback, than Alabama. Auburn schematically would have made some sense. Florida could have made some sense if you wanted to have a chance and maybe have a, have a better chance to start. 
But the reality is that Alabama, that thing is ready-made for you to be successful, okay? Because you have a lot of talent around you. The receiving room is superior to either of those places I just named, even though it's not to what people really have become accustomed to with Tyler Buckner at Alabama, excuse me, with, uh, with Alabama, even though it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, Devontae Smith, it's, it's not Jalen Waddle. You still have some dudes in that receiving room. So whoever plays quarterback is taking over a ready-made offense, a ready-made football team. So here's what I think this, this message is to the rest of the quarterback room. I'm imagining Tommy Reese walking in there after the spring game, maybe it was a couple days after, sits those guys down and says, do you think I'm playing with you? We keep saying we need to be better at the quarterback position and nobody's separated yet. Do you think I'm, I'm not going to go out and get somebody? Do you think that I, I, I'm going to just sit here and, and let this whole situation unfold and wait? Tommy Reese is saying, I mean business right now by going out and getting Tyler Buckner, a guy he's familiar with. What a big-time move by Tommy Reese. Now, here's what I would also say. A lot of people now are saying, well, is Tyler Buckner going to start at Alabama? Tyler Buckner, QB1 at Alabama? That's kind of the question around all this, right? Here's what I would say to that. I have a very hard time believing that Tyler Buckner was promised anything when he committed to Nick Saban and when he committed to Tommy Reese. I think all he was promised was a chance to compete. Nick Saban, he doesn't do handouts. You know that and I know that. If Tyler Buckner ends up being your starting quarterback, it will be because he won the job outright. So my... The, the worst case scenario here is maybe you lose somebody, right? Maybe somebody ends up transferring out. And really, is that the worst case that you lost somebody because competition scared them away? I don't think so. So that's the first part. The worst case isn't really the worst case. The best case here is everybody's play gets elevated, which I think is what's going to happen. I think Jalen Milrow sees that and says, all right, I'm going to kick it up a notch. Maybe I'll watch a little bit more film. Maybe I'll get out there and throw a little bit more extra routes. I think everybody's game is now getting upped by nature of the competition that Tyler Buckner brings to that quarterback room. So here's my real question, though, when it comes to Tyler Buckner potentially starting for Alabama. Can he win the locker room? And can he do it in a four-month span? Because that's really what he's working with right now. He'll have May, June, July, August. See that math there? Four months. Greg McElroy joined the show, I want to say it was somewhere in the range of two weeks ago. And we asked him, hey, listen, how is Nick Saban going to pick a starting quarterback? How do you even go about doing that? And the reality is a lot of it has to do with the it factor. Like, let's, let's start right here. You have to have the field ability. You have to be able to do it on the field. That's the first part. You have to be able to perform when your number is called. Like, that's the price of admission. But to take it a step further, what separates you is do you have the it factor, what Greg McElroy described as the gravitational pull. Is the team attracted to you when the game's on the line, it's fourth and one, and we got to pick up a first down? Is, is the team getting behind you to make what they want to make happen, if that makes sense? Are you the leader? Like, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Are you the leader in that locker room? Are you the guy? That's a big deal at Alabama. And so the issue now is Jalen Murrow had a lot of time to do that. Ty Simpson has had a lot of time to do that. And it sounds like they both have the support of the locker room. I'm not saying Tyler Buckner won't do it, but I'm saying the sense of urgency for, for him to do that is immense and the time that he has to do that is pretty limited so summer conditioning will be huge for him fall camp will be huge for him if he can win over that locker room then i think there's a real conversation around him being your starting quarterback so some people are going to be concerned because the sample size is, is pretty small around tyler buckner myself being one of them i was looking at this situation and saying if he does commit to bama is he really worlds better than Jalen Milrow? Does he really give you a much better chance than a Ty Simpson? Is he substantially better than what we saw from Dylan Lonergan in the spring game? The, I mean, the, the reality is I don't know, but the bet here is by Tommy Reese saying, this is the guy that I trust. This is the guy that I'm familiar with. He's familiar with what we do. Let's roll. Let's roll. This is a Tommy Reese bet 1,000%. But if you're concerned about what he has from an ability standpoint, maybe it's pushing the ball vertically or whatever it ends up being, what I think you should be encouraged by is you're not asking Tyler Buckner to be Bryce Young. You're not asking Tyler Buckner to go out there and just put the team on his back, run around, play backyard football, find the open receiver to keep your team alive. That might have been what the approach was a season ago under the old OC and with Bryce Young at quarterback, and you blame him, have him Superman at quarterback, you let him work. 
This is going to be a lot more old school Alabama. And we talked about it on a previous one-off video, but Alabama is going to be much more bully ball. We control the line of scrimmage. RPO is nice. We'll have some of that in there, but we're going to be run the ball down your throat until you stop it kind of operation. And when you try to commit more resources to stopping the run, when you tell those safeties, hey, we got to go fill in run support because Justice Haynes is giving us the work right now, then Tyler Buckner's arm strength, then what he does vertically, that's where it really comes into play. Can you hit the open shot? I said it yesterday. Same thing is true with Tyler Buckner. But if you're concerned about him having like the it factor, the star factor, I don't think you're asking him to do that. I think you're saying much more J.J. McCarthy and much less Bryce Young for what's required to be successful in 2023. But Tyler Buckner is committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide, man. How about that? Tommy Reese has got his guy. The competition knob has been turned all the way up with Ty Simpson, Jalen Myrtle, and now Tyler Buckner getting into that quarterback room. It is going to be an absolute QB derby in Tuscaloosa, and I cannot wait to see it. Tyler Buckner headed to Tuscaloosa. Nick, how about you making a play right there, bro? Well, I, that was an absolute I, play by you. Got to give credit to Luke. Uh, gave us a text, JD. Uh, you know, Buckner to Bama ASAP. Let's go, man. And then man. you start talking about it, and I'm like, did he see the message? That's big time. So I, here's I, the deal: I have do not disturb I got on you. my phone currently. So I'm not really checking text or anything. I guess I just turned yeah. it off right now to make sure we're good for it. How about that, man? Well, Tyler I forgot Buckner we were going to talk about Alabama. Buckner. You addressed Buckner earlier in the show, but yeah, uh, that was really good timing. Um, Always would love to have breaking news on the show. It's there very it is, rare, man. Because, you know, it's one hour every or twice a week. So It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That is a beautiful thing. Nice play by you, Nick. That does age our, uh, our transfer portal segment a little bit, as Tyler Buckner has now committed to Alabama. But, hey, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, Tyler Buckner is headed to Alabama, which parlays perfectly into this next segment we're going to talk about, which is essentially who needs what when it comes to the transfer portal. The beautiful part about the transfer portal, you can treat it just like Publix. You go down the aisle and see what's in stock. You pick it out for your football team. Great, we've upgraded now. Now, the issue with this second portal window is a lot of people have been through those Publix aisles now. And you say, well, there's a little bit less in stock still. There's something for you in the portal, but who needs what for the second portal wave? I think a couple teams have a couple of needs. Let's start with the other school that I thought was in the mix for Tyler Buckner, and that's the Auburn Tigers. And Coach Freeze pretty much drew a map for us and said, here's what we're going to do in the portal. He said, I want to go after someone in the secondary, to paraphrase. So they're open to a corner. They're open to a safety. They're going to go after some kind of secondary help in Auburn, Alabama. Now, the reason why this is a reality, one, Hugh Freeze said it, but two, you have to be elite on the back end in the SEC. Why? Because you play against freak show athletes on the outside offensively every single week. It's just the reality of living in the SEC. you got to be able to have guys that can run with the other fast guys on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So Hugh Freeze is making it clear, hey, I don't know that we have what we need right now just yet. Keep an eye on what pops into the portal here in the next couple of days. Keep an eye on how quickly Auburn moves on getting some of these guys some visits. To be clear, I think Auburn will be active in the portal at a multitude of positions. Ben Bryant now could be a guy that Auburn looks at at the quarterback position. But yeah, Auburn going to go after some secondary help. Good for the Tigers. Coach Freeze making it very clear. We want some more help on the back end. Now, another team that's in the market on, I guess I'll go south a little bit further, Miami Hurricanes. They're looking for a deep threat wide receiver in my mind. They want a wide receiver one. Colby Young is someone they have been encouraged by so far throughout spring football and someone they could, could potentially take another step forward. But for what they want to do offensively this coming year under Shannon Dawson, they want to be air raid-esque in their concepts. They want to push the ball downfield. They need somebody that can turn on the burners, make that safety pay when he creeps up just a little bit too much to try and defend the power run game. So the guy that I'm watching for this is Xavier Henderson. I told you about him last show that we had, guy from the Florida Gators. From the, from the Miami area, has some real deal track speed, about six foot, four, six foot four, 195 pounds. Keep an eye on him for Miami. I think he's a guy that the Canes could go after. But if it's not Xavier Henderson, it needs to be somebody. They have to upgrade at the wide receiver position. Because you got Tyler Van Dyke, I believe, for one more year. And you need to maximize his ability. 
I think you, I don't think you have an issue at quarterback at Miami, contrary to what you saw a season ago. I think you got to get somebody for him to throw the football to. So Miami, the ball's in your court. Got to go get yourself a deep threat wide receiver. Everyone tuned in right now. Make sure you're subscribed to the On3 YouTube channel. Talk ball here every single day. You love it. We love it. So naturally, we talk about it every single day. So thank you for that. Also, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, at J.D. Paquel. Another team that I believe is in the market right now is the Texas Longhorns. And I think they're looking for a pass rusher. Not just a good defensive lineman, but someone that can wreak havoc for them off the edge. Because the defensive line itself is, is solid. They added Trill Carter from Minnesota. They got Tavondre Sweat. Got some pieces on the defensive line. But last year, Texas had a 5% sack rate. Good for 101st in the country. For Texas to take the next step, for them to be one of those teams that competes for a Big 12 title and is able to compete for a college football playoff spot, they have to have someone that can be a disruptor and get after the quarterback through the transfer portal. Now, they got some young bucks that could be an option for them. Justice Finkley, a guy that gets thrown around a lot for them. So we'll see his development, and if they end up making some moves in the portal, that should tell us all we need to know about how comfortable they feel at that edge position. But if Texas can go get a pass rusher, man, that could really be the missing piece for them on defense because they're solid on defense. The cupboard is not empty on defense for Texas. But if they can get somebody that could really be a game changer off the edge, that could really be a missing ingredient for them. And offensively, they're going to score points. So if they can have someone that can make the other quarterback uncomfortable, Texas could be in, in very good shape. Staying in that same vein, the Gamecocks of South Carolina. They're a team that we're very high on here. We don't show. I'll, I'll rephrase that. We have a fair amount of bias here. We're not journalists. Like, we have teams that we like, and South Carolina is one of the teams that I like to keep it a buck with you. I love Shane Beamer. I love his culture. I love what he's doing. They've overachieved the last two years. The roster is now starting to catch up with what they expect to get done. Listen, they have allowed 200 yards per a game last season. It's good for 117th in the country. They lost Jordan Birch to Oregon, who was a big-time recruit out of high school. That's a big-time loss for them. They added Jaron Willis from Ole Miss. The thing for, for, for South Carolina, they need to add something in the defensive trenches to give them a little bit better of a jumping-off point personnel-wise there. Because allowing 200 yards a game in the SEC, it's not going to cut it. For all that you have at South Carolina, for as well as your recruiting, for having Spencer Rattler on your on your team right now at quarterback for having Juice Wells on the outside. If you can't stop the run in the SEC, you're just going to bleed out week in, week out. They got to get better in the trenches. So whether it's adding another linebacker, whether it's adding some more guys on the defensive line, I think South Carolina needs to be a buyer when it comes to the transfer portal for guys in the defensive trenches. Just has to happen. The SEC will eat you alive if you don't have some sort of presence in the defensive trenches. I believe in Shane Beamer. I believe they will do it but I think that's something they should be shopping for before this portal window wraps up. So those are the teams that I think need what they need. Secondary help at Auburn, a deep threat wide receiver at Miami. I think Auburn needs to also potentially add a receiver, but for the, for the Texas Longhorns, I think they need a pass rusher, a game-changing pass rusher. And then for uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks, would love to see them just a little bit more, uh, a little more sirloin in the trenches there, whether at linebacker or on the defensive line. All right. Now, if you're listening on podcasts, we appreciate you. Tell a friend. Be a friend. I think I said that backwards. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Don't matter. If you're watching live right now on YouTube, man, we freaking love y'all. Hit the like button for us. Helps us do more of what you want to see. This has been a whirlwind of a show. So the chat's been popping off. So we're going to throw it to the keeper of the queue, Nick Heavy Lifter Break right now. Nick, how we doing, big dog? How's, how's the pulse, man? Good. Uh, a lot of people here today talking. Uh, a lot of people trashing Alabama. Okay. Uh, some Go Tigers in here in the chat. Um, someone said you've gone Alabama fanboy. Uh, hashtag Go Tigers. That's H Town Creole, who is a, a you know is a regular here. So. There we go, baby. So, we love it. You know, love to see some regulars, man. The the, the I'll take it. The chat's popping off. Yeah, I, I'm looking for my first question. I had it pinned, so just give me one second, You're my good. I, I got one from Kinfolk Austin. Yeah, awesome. I just found it as well. How yeah. about it? Uh, as the old saying goes, close relationships always help players sign quicker than ever. It's not much of a question, but uh, J.D., what do you think? No, I mean, I think it's 100% true. And this is something I was talking about on a different platform the other day. 
when we talked about the transfer portal and how it's changing college football, something I don't know that is giving, getting enough, enough attention. If you're one of those hats that make it to signing day, like let's say I'm a recruit, top recruit, I got Notre Dame, USC, and Alabama all on the table. And then I end up choosing USC. Well, if I'm a coach to Alabama and I'm playing my cards right, I make sure I don't burn any bridges because guess what? That same five-star recruit, in the situation of a five-star recruit, yes, if I'm jumping in the portal a year later and you're a coach that just sort of blew up at me when I didn't pick your school or you ghosted me or whatever, you didn't maintain that relationship, well, guess what? I'm not considering you. I'm going to the, all the other coaches that maybe congratulated me on my commitment or, or maybe wished me well or there was some sort of you know, good relationship that still stands there. So I think keeping a bridge is more crucial than ever right now. I mean, Barry Alexander talked about it when he joined this show, said, why USC? He said, well, listen, Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, when I came out of high school, that was one of my top schools. They were one of our top tier programs we were looking at. Same thing right now for Tommy Reese and, and Tyler Buckner picking Alabama. That relationship that they had at Notre Dame, college football tectonic plates continued to move, and Sam Hartman's a starter at Notre Dame, and then Tommy Reese is at Alabama, and here we are. Tyler Buckner headed to the Crimson Tide. The relational aspect of college football just continues to be king, Nick. But no, yeah. I think that's 100% on the money. The relationship piece really expedites this whole deal. Absolutely. And Ken Folk Awesome also says he, he's, they're trying to get this question right. It, it's hard to type sometimes, and I understand that. Uh, so, but they finally they got it. What's the top wide receiver you're paying attention to uh, besides Zachariah Branch here this year? Man, besides Zach Branch, I love that he that he showed some uh, mm -hmm. some Zach Branch love there, man. Top wide receiver I'm paying attention to. There's a lot of them. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. should take college football by the absolute throat this year. Let's see who else. Um, I think Keandre Lambert Smith at Penn State, having Drew Aller now at quarterback, they're going to air it out a little bit more at Penn State now. He's going to be a guy that I think is their number one wide receiver. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that we got to watch here as we go forward. I mean, Ricky Pearsall. He should see a healthy number of targets. A lot of guys that are going to be, I think, new faces to a lot of people across the country. I think Deontay Thornton, or Dante Thornton, rather, from Tennessee, one of the best-kept secrets nationally. I think he's going to tear up the SEC. Six foot five, can run like the wind. Joe Milton can throw it a quarter mile, so no safety is going to be able to cover the entire length of the field. It's going to be a lot of pitch and catch for those two. And then I'll give you one more. How about Squirrel White playing in the slot next to him, maybe playing outside? Squirrel White and Dante Thornton, I think, are going to put up ridiculous numbers. So those two guys I would absolutely watch, along with Keandre Lambert-Smith, along with Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know if you can even put Marvin Harrison Jr. on that guy-to-watch list because he's already pretty much exploded. Should be like a top three, top five pick this time next year. But yeah. A lot of receivers. A lot of receivers to keep an eye on, Nick. Uh, Amanda Flores says uh, Jonte Cook. Jonte Cook. He's going to be a, a guy. Jonte Cook. Man, how about Isaiah Naor? If he can get healthy, mm -hmm. think about how much hype was around him this time last year. The transfer from Wyoming. Stupid athletic. Can add a whole new element to that offense at Texas. Having the, you know, the, the bigger body wide receiver. A lot of guys to watch. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys to watch. Yeah. Without, without question. Sure. Malik Benson. Like we, we go down. We could probably do a whole whole hour show on this, Nick. Whole hour show yeah. on just the top receivers to watch. But I guess we uh, won't kill an hour. But we'll, we'll just kill that five minutes right there. Absolutely. We, you know, we'll take that. Uh, Briley, if you could change something about the portal and NIL, what would it be? And how would you reduce the unlimited and restriction free agency that we're currently seeing? That's a great question. How would I change NIL and how would I change the transfer portal? I think the transfer portal is headed in a good direction. I think NIL, what I would love to see, and I think we're headed this way, to be honest with you, and everybody here at On3, I think, is helping improve that space and set the market. So, Shouts out to the people here at On3 for, for getting that done and, and for moving this direction. But I think one thing that I would love to see within NIL is the deals that are getting done be verified. Like if, if Bryce Young is getting a million dollars from Chick-fil-A, which that's a heck of an NIL deal if that's whatever went down for any college athlete, I, do, I would love to see that pop up on the ticker. Hey, this much is, is what Bryce Young signed for with this company. I think that would just be the next step in transparency because I think some people at NIL, in the NIL space, if you're uncomfortable with it, it's because there's so much of it that none of us really know. Some of so much of it happens behind closed doors. I'm not saying it happens illegally. I'm saying it happens behind closed doors, and you don't know how much your favorite player is making. You don't know where the money is going to X player. 
the closest we got to that was the Jaden Rashada deal. So I would love to see more of that become public. I don't know if that's changing anything, you know, regulation wise, but that is something that I think would just be fascinating. And, and I think we are moving that way, Nick, to be honest. So yeah. that would be my first thing. Man, we're getting a lot of questions. Um, I love it. How about this one? I like this one a lot. Um, oh, I say that and I lost it. Uh, Keandre Bateman says, name a player who no one knows will break out this year. Kendra Bateman, sorry. Name a player who no one knows who will break out mm -hmm. in 2023. I go back to Dante Thornton, man. I think he's going to be a guy that breaks out. Let's see who else. I think there is a very good chance that we see someone at Ohio State break out. I mean, it's Carnell Tate. Jaden Ballard could be a guy that breaks out in the wide receiver position. we got the wide receiver room on the brain right now. Listen, man, Caleb Downs, the freshman at Alabama, I mean, he, in my mind, is like an all-American freshman kind of guy. We'll see if he makes any other all-SEC teams or not, but he is going to be someone that I think, whether it's game one or game six, within that first half of the season, he's going to be starting for Alabama. I just think he's too good to keep off the field. Peyton Bowen, another guy I think is too good to keep off the field. So that's kind of a, a quick list for you, but some of these freshmen that are at premier institutions – I think have a really good chance to to make some noise on day one. We'll go back to Tennessee too. Cam Selden, Swiss Army knife, going to be hard to keep him off the field. So there's a lot of names. And that's one of the fun things about college football, Nick, is every single year there's somebody new that bursts onto the scene, which is why we're getting asked this question. But I 1,000% believe that someone in, in that group is going to, to break out in a very big way. But those freshmen, man, keep an eye on them. Those, those freshman safeties are going to be dangerous. Okay, we got a lot. Uh, we'll just ask a couple more. Let's do it. Uh, Dakota Krause, I like this one. Uh, a team we don't talk about a whole lot. Does Michigan State fire Mel Tucker before December? Does he make it to the whole season? Man, that is, that is difficult. I don't think he gets fired before December, no. Because that would mean that your memory is so short that that one season where you made a New Year's Six Bowl can be erased by one down season and then another subpar season just does it for you. I, I think there's more there with Mel Tucker. I don't think all situations are created equally. I think that's going to take a little bit more time to build a solid foundation for. So I, I would think that's the wrong move if they do end up doing that. You just paid him a heck of a lot of money. Let this thing bake a little bit. You believed in Mel Tucker at one point in time. Do not fire him in December just because you don't get the results you want in 2023. Two bad years. I think it's way too quick to, to cut, the, uh, cut the cord there, especially after the season he had where they made the New Year's Six Bowl game and all the success Kenneth Walker had. Like, there's a lot to still be excited about at Michigan State. That's, that's my belief, Nick. Uh, really quick before we move on, everybody watching right now, make sure you like the video. Let's see if we can't get 100 likes here before we get off air. We would appreciate that, and that would also just help us do more content that y'all want to see. So go ahead, thumbs up button, bottom of the screen, right under the video. Go ahead and click that, and it would just be a beautiful thing for all of us. Yep. What else we got, Big Nick? Um, well, the real underscore deg says, who replaces Bijan and Gibbs as the top running backs in college football in 2023? This is a tough question because I know I'm going to forget somebody. Two of the top college running backs in college football. Let's see here. Blake Corm. Blake Corm is absolutely there. Blake Corm is 100% there. I think, you know, who I think is, is a sleeper? I think Marshawn Lloyd is going to put up numbers at USC. Transferred from South Carolina to Southern California think he's going to be a dog. Yeah, Blake Corn will be a guy. I think Travion Henderson might end up being the best back in college football, coming back, coming back with a vengeance. Those guys I, I would really keep an eye on. The, the Big Ten as well as Marshawn Lloyd at USC, just by nature of who they're going to play against. They're going to be able to outmatch the majority of teams they play. Their offensive line is going to move the opposition without much without much resistance, I mean, I'm excited to watch those guys get after. I think they're going to be big-time players in 2023. Trevion Henderson, especially coming off that injury, if he doesn't split as many carries with Mayan Williams, he could he could have a, a very, very ridiculous season. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. We'll get a couple Deal. more. We have 93 Let's likes, so we'll go to have 100. Okay, we got two more questions here. Um, Let's, swag let's go time. Total. Yeah, we'll go to we have, a, we have 100 likes, so we'll see if we can't get 100 yeah. likes in these next two questions. Yeah, the ball is in your eleven. Court. Uh, before noon Eastern, uh, but Swag Time says, uh, "Who do you think or who do you feel going into the season will have a better year, LSU or Tennessee?" Uh, swag Time says, "It seems like LSU has a lot more buzz, even though uh, Tennessee blew them out a year ago." How about Swag Time, dude? I know. What a what name! Mean? I love the name Swag Time. That's a big time baller operation. Also, huge shout out to y'all. 
We were 20 likes short for a minute there. Now we're at 107. Y'all are incredible. So thank you for that. Who is set up for a better year, LSU or Tennessee? I'm going to lean LSU. And that's not because I don't believe in Tennessee. It's because LSU has a returning quarterback. So just given conventional wisdom with Brian Kelly and the level he's won at, I'm going to lean LSU right now, reserving the right to change. Because Tennessee fans, you're sitting there saying, are you kidding me? Did you see what we did to them in Baton Rouge last year? I hear you. Hennon Hooker now gone to the NFL. I love me some Joe Milton. If you don't believe me, go check out the video we released yesterday. I'm, I'm a big Joe Milton stand. Bought all the stock. Don't even look for any else because I bought all the stock in Joe Milton. Um, so I lean LSU because of what they did a season ago, and I just think Brian Kelly is a mad scientist when it comes to culture and doing things right and standards. So LSU, I'm going to take for right now, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that when it gets a little bit more into the season. So LSU is my answer right now, Nick. Vol Nation, please, uh, please be kind. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elliot Gillum has been asking this question all show. It's a tough one. I know you're going to want to sort of sit a little bit on the fence here. Yeah, Uh, but top five Heisman candidates to close out our show today. I love it. Okay, well, Nick, one, appreciate you heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. Big time play by you getting Tyler Buckner on this show, man. Big time play by you, so appreciate (laughs) you, Nick. We'll do this thing again on Tuesday. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds good, man. The man, the myth, the legend, Nick Brake. Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you come right back here do this whole thing again we'll go live it'll be a blast hit the bell on this channel to make sure you get notified when we go live quick heads up quick little pro tip there and obviously subscribe and it's going to be a real good time so the question was top five heisman candidates i will just give you in no order some of the guys that i'm watching for the heisman marvin harrison jr i know he's a wide receiver but he very well might be the best player in college football just No position included. Marvin Harrison Jr., absolute freak show. Throw him in the mix. Caleb Williams, do I need to say a whole lot more? Took college football over last year. Won the Heisman a season ago. Lincoln Riley is going to cook it up for him. I think he's even going to potentially take a step forward in what he does throwing the football downfield. Caleb Williams will put up ridiculous numbers. Him getting to New York and winning it again will depend on USC's success. I'm going to give you a little bundle here for the end of this. How about Carson Beck and Brock Bowers? Both guys at Georgia, it's going to be difficult because they could split votes. But if Stetson Bennett can get to New York City, Carson Beck, I think, could have better statistical numbers or better stats going into next year. And I would be very surprised if we don't see Georgia back where we saw them a season ago, right up in front of the SEC, probably going to be close to undefeated, if not undefeated at the end of the year. Then Brock Bowers is the other part of that equation. So these guys could split votes, but just like I was saying about Marvin Harrison Jr., if you just want to take the position label off of it, Brock Bowers could also be the very best player in college football. I mean, I think he's just not from this planet. I think he was born on Krypton. He's a matchup nightmare. Going to put up ridiculous numbers again in 2023. Then let's go for a sleeper for the fifth one. And this is one that is going to maybe ruffle some feathers. Man, I I am not sold on Dylan Gabriel not being that guy at Oklahoma. So a couple, maybe it was a double, triple negative there for you, but I think Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy's offense is going to be capable of doing some really good things. He's going to take another step forward in the system. If they can have some guys on the outside step up for him, and if Oklahoma defensively is up to par, they could put him in position at least to be in that Heisman conversation. So he's a dark horse for sure. He's my dark horse last year, I believe. So we're 0 for 1 on the dark horse train with Dylan Gabriel. But I'm just saying, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him and the kind of numbers he puts up. And if Oklahoma plays how we think they could play, could very well find himself in New York City. Everyone tuned in live right now. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us, man. Again, make sure you are subscribed. Before we get out of here, make sure you subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel and hit the bell. We are live Every Tuesday, every Thursday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. Come right back here because we talk college football every single day. And we're live on those platforms on those days. And if you're a podcast person, we're on podcasts on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the hard count with J.D. Pakel. We appreciate y'all for making us a part of your routine, a part of your day. Listen, man, the portal is starting to close, but college football is right around the corner. The game never stops, but the games are going to start playing here in just a little bit. We'll make sure you're in the know, locked and loaded for everything about this beautiful game. For myself, J.D. Pakel, Nick Brake lifting heavy for everyone here at On3. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all, man. We're going to keep this party rolling. We will see y'all next time.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.